Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org, where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Domingo. Hey everybody, how's it going? My name is Domingo, compulsive overeater. Hi, and it's good. Uh, I always say it's good to be in a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, and I and uh, it's no different tonight. I'm grateful to be in a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which means that I'm still in the program, and uh, and uh, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a be- really beautiful thing. Uh, just to get some numbers out of the way, my uh, abstinence date is March 30th, 2009. Since that day, I've been relieved of about 114 and a half pounds. Uh, I sponsor men and I'm available and um, and it has been a pretty miraculous uh, journey and I'll share a little bit tonight. I, I just jump around so I don't have like a particular story so to speak but um, I did see that uh, there was some instructions to share on how I use the steps and the tools to help me recover so I'll, I'll try to touch on that. But And I've got some pictures coming around. Um, nine years later, I still haven't tagged them on what they are. But the first one, it's I'm the one with the hat. So I'm not my sister that everybody thinks I am in the front. I'm the one in the hat in the back. So just in case. Um, so I came in. Okay, what happened, right? What happened? Um, what I was like. Um, well, certainly, uh, you know, no spirituality, so to speak, definitely came from a religious family, you know, um, I'm a Latino male, grew up in East L.A., my parents, uh, my dad was born here, but um, um, but my mom was from, from Mexico, and uh, just really strong religious background, I mean, like, you know, really strong, <laughs> and... Um, and uh, tried to connect with the higher power, didn't have any of that, really worried and scared and anxious, you know, I've got a history of anxiety, and, um, and, and, and from a young age, grew. I was just, you know, trying to solve problems, I was trying to solve world problems at five, you know, I mean, so, you know, I wasn't that, and at the same time, I am a pretty carefree person, I'm pretty mellow, relaxed, you know, kind of go with the flow. And then I've got this other side that's just, you know, thinking, you know, thinking about infinity, right? You know what I mean? At five or six years old. So pretty nervous. Nothing could calm me down. But definitely food was something that kind of suspended me from reality. Um, Every time I was eating, even today, when I'm in a meal, you know, there was used to be a commercial, right? Not now I'm eating. Like that's that's like the world is like you know who cares what's happening in the world I'm eating you know I'm like suspended I'm in like in the, in God's hands you know and in his loving womb embrace you know and, and everything's fine and uh, and that's how it was for me it was never food had, was never like a bad it was never a bad idea to eat you know eating was never like I'm full or I just ate or like any of that stuff like I heard people saying stuff like that, but I've never, you know, related to like I don't, you know, like I don't get it. But um, so, so I mean, there I was, a young 
you know, young kid, very active. I mean, it was, you know, back in the time. I'm not, I mean, I'm 50, not that old, but still, you know, it's times when, you know, before the internet and uh, just running around like crazy throughout, you know, most of my young uh, uh, childhood with other boys in the neighborhood and just um, expending energy. And so I, you know, I always felt chubby. You know, they had husky jeans, and that's, you know, I was embarrassed to have to wear those, the corduroy ones, the one that make the noise when, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you walk, especially if you have thick thighs, you know, like, like I do. Um, and, um, but, uh, but, yeah, so a lot of embarrassment, always trying to, like, fit in, um, never being able to, selling myself short for just to kind of have friends, right? Uh, who wants to hang out with me, for why, for what reason. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be something that I have to come, some value, some earning I have to have. And that's the relationship I had with the higher power, you know. I was taught I had to earn, I had to do certain things, I had to follow certain rules. And then and then maybe, there wasn't like a, sh- a for sure, but maybe, you know, I got to, you know, be, you know, be okay or else, or not. It was really black and white, be okay or not. Like, really not be okay. But, um, and uh, so I just, you know, I qualify as a bulimic as well, an exercise bulimic. I was just always trying to burn those calories off because because I love eating. And so eating less, um, it wasn't happening. Um, at one point, the closest I came to eating less is I realized, like, at 38 or 39 that I was eating too much food and very heavy food and fat and 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 calories so like that was an epiphany for me so then I started eating a lot of fruit you know that was part of my story just like trying to eat a lot of fruit uh, because and it's funny because I heard somebody who I love say that the other day like oh I found out you know I could eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and it's not a lot of calories and I'm like you know like I could relate um, because I was there too, you know, just tr- not trying to eat less, but um, but just trying to figure out how I can eat and still um, still maintain a good, healthy weight because I wanted to have friends. I thought being skinny was the trick, you know, that's how people become popular and, and that's when all the pr- gifts and prizes of the world come to one, you know, when they're, when they're uh, certain, uh, they have a certain physical appearance. So I tried, um, I joined the military, you'll see their pictures, and it worked. Those Marine Corps drill instructors, I mean, they they know how to, they know how to um, put you through the ringer to, um, to, to lose weight. You know, I came out, I was the thinnest that I think I've ever been in my adult life, and uh, I could run, I learned I could run like a gazelle, um, and, and that was a way to, for me, I was just like my engine to try to like maintain that calorie. You know, and a few years later, you know, fast forward, I'm being kicked out of the military for not being able to maintain my weight. I'm getting ready, I'm, you know, in, in, you know, close to a divorce, which I eventually did get divorced. Um, and I'm, and, and I'm getting, uh, I'm getting let go and the colonel's telling me that I'm never going to amount to anything in my life, you know, and I believe him. You know, part of me believes in and part of me has that chip on my shoulder, you know, like uh, I just have that, you know, it wasn't until I did like my first step nine that I was a, some of that chip, maybe all of it was able to like fall off, you know, I thought, okay, you know, maybe I owe, not in a negative way, but I owe people stuff, like I hurt people, you know, versus, you know, the world always 
um, always mean. That that was a big part of my story. Resentment uh, drove my disease. You know, hey, I was born in the wrong family, in the wrong area. I didn't have the opportunities. I don't have any financial resources like I'd like to. Um, I don't travel. I can't go to the Boy Scouts. You know, we don't take vacations the way I'd like to. Um, I don't have the... the material things that other I see other people doing my parents are old you know they had me when I was my dad was 45 so I never it was that gap you know that um, age gap so everything was, was wrong according to me and resentment really drove a lot of my compulsive overeating you know it was just an excuse so and I don't know how I became a compulsive overeater but, uh, but um, I mean I can remember as early as hold on sorry it's uh, it's uh, my reminder for the hundred pounder phone meeting. Um, six o'clock nightly, seven days a week. Um, so Pacific time. So just in case. Um, I don't know what I was talking about. Well, I'll talk. So I'll fast forward. Um, so you know, uh, after the military, I could never really regain. You know my you know, a thin body weight. I tried, but eventually, year after year, it just, you know, things kept happening. But, so, but I tried pursuing other higher powers, you know. I tried, um, uh, I tried accomplishments, financial gain, um, attaboys, you know, I mean, it was, you know, and I, and I suffered through multiple, I'm also a multiple uh, winner, I think they call it, right? Yeah, and uh, I have three programs that I participate in. This was my first and I have a one for money and relationships uh, because those are the three areas where um, that I that my disease really really like you know acts you know comes out in. Mm. One of my friends said hey, that's the whole treatment you know the relationship the food and the money and it is for me anyways I can definitely relate. So um, how I got here how I got here is you know I was I was uh, you'll see some pictures there. Um, with when I'm in my car, and that was my home for a year and a half before I came into program. Um, I was, you know, I couldn't manage my money either. I was spending it all on food, and it was either pay rent or stop eating as much. And like I said earlier, there was very little that got in between me and my food. So it was, don't pay rent, live in my car. It's okay. I still have it figured out. You know, this is how I'm going to do it on my own without telling anybody, living that double life. You know, um, being a manager for a good, you know, good company uh, with with employees. You know, the person who people look at, the leader, and yet, you know, he's going uh, and living in his car at night, trying to find a place, a uh, peaceful place to park, so that you know you can have a restful night's sleep before he gets up and overworks the next day. That was kind of my life, you know. Still trying to con compulsively overexercise or manage my food somehow. But I got a geographic. I, I got an opportunity to go to the Orange County, and somehow I said that I started compulsively overexercising even further because I kept getting injured. I was getting older, and I'm like, I keep getting injured. My calf muscle was giving me a problem, and my leg was giving me a problem. And so I thought, I'm just going to really exercise very slow for long hours. And that's what I did. I exercised very slow on flat ground for long hours. And uh, but you know the great I'm grateful that uh, all the lies that I've been telling myself you know I was able to like that those lies like it's uh, like I'm gonna make it happen had lost their 
their power. It was like, you know, like throwing a penny in an empty tin can. It was like I could tell it was a, it was a lie, you know, and that was the first time that I could admit myself that I wasn't going to do it. I hadn't done it. I had tried, had tried for decades to kind of maintain, you know, some sensible, you know, uh, body weight and some some sensible relationship with food and I, and 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 there was no hope for me. I heard somebody say it was my my barber. She said something about OA overeaters something. She showed me a book. It was for uh, C A How. She showed me a book and like these are the questions and I'm like these are the questions like you know like this is it you know like like how do I get a book? And she said well. You're not going to get. They won't give you one without a sponsor. And I, and of course, my scheming. You know, I'll get one. You know, I'll figure it out. Um, but but it made me that same night. I went home. I uh, it was a Saturday. I went home. I uh, looked on the internet. Found Overdose Anonymous, a meeting that was close to me, and um, at St. Jude's, I think, in Fullerton, at the 10:30 a.m. Sunday. And there, and I called. You know, that was like one of the few times I call, like a meeting contact. You know, and um, yeah, she talked to me, and later I met her later on, and thanked her for you know spending some time and and picking up the phone when I needed it, and and that's how it's you know that that coincided with my recovery is kind of being open to help and then seeing how helpful people are you know when I asked for it right because before that you know asking for help was against the law like it, like I w- I thought so little of myself that if I had any help making any accomplishment, it just totally wiped out the accomplishment because it w- I couldn't claim full credit for it. You know what I mean? Like I had to give myself full credit, and if somebody helped me out, then 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 they really just you know uh, ruined everything. So um, so I was there, and we were in a circle with a with like a like a bomb. No, I wasn't a bonfire, but I mean they had they. It was a lit- it's a literature meeting. It was a literature meeting, and they they read like everything in A and everything in OA almost I think, and it was just like they threw all the books in the middle, and we were just sitting there just reading. And I was you know if you're new you know I was looking listening to terms I'd never heard before you know abstinence and uh, and HP I didn't know what that was you know higher power I always heard God but never higher power I didn't know what that what that was and. A lot of stuff, you know. How do you? How does one become abstinent? Like, what is that food plan? You know, all you know. You know. Later, they just said, "Hey, they welcomed me. They hugged me. Um, I and and, and welcomed me, and that was that was my you know my entry into into uh, into OA. And I just there, that was a, that's a very robust community, uh, the OC area there, you know. And uh, and I just started going to meetings and. Finding people and seeing people at different meetings, and then finally I saw the guy that I eventually asked to be my sponsor. And the reason I asked him is because he, you know, um, I had worked so hard to be just incredibly miserable. So the hopelessness that came with my, you know, it was true. The hopelessness that that was part of my disease is like, how much harder am I going to have to work just to eke out a semi-miserable living, like? Really, I'm doing so much, and yet I'm so miserable. What, like, what does it take, you know, to be semi-happy in this life? But I'm looking at this guy. He shares. He talks about how he lost, like, he lost more weight than I ever weighed. I weighed upward, you know, 300 and something, 10, 20 pounds at my highest that I know of, and um, and he had lost that over that much, you know, and had maintained it for four years. That was the trick, and he was relaxed. 
He wasn't running in place. You know, he hadn't just come from doing a triathlon. He, he, I don't think he did any physical exercise whatsoever. And it was like, oh, and you know, you know, I would catch him napping in meetings all the time, and be like, you know, like, 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 you know, I want to be able to, you know, lose weight. And, and he just made it seem so easy, you know, and and uh, and he seemed content with himself and with life, and uh, and um, I really related to that. And so, um, and so I asked him. Um, well, I I didn't ask him right away, but in another meeting. Uh, he approached me, you know, he did the whole, uh, you know, going to go talk to newcomers, I imagine, and there I was, and I was looking at the literature table in, uh, in what would eventually become my home meeting, the pizza box in La Habra, which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore, but maybe someday <clears throat> it'll be resurrected. Um, and uh, and it was a fantastic meeting, and it was happy, and everybody, every time somebody read Hope, everybody, everybody yelled, Hope! And it was like, what? Like, you know, and it was just fun. We had all these cool little just practices that were just, that just made it. I, and now it might have been a little intimidating, too, for new people who had gone. So I have to take that in consideration. And then somebody told me the funniest thing. They go, I saw the pizza box meeting, and I was scared and intrigued at the same time, you know. Um, so... Anyways, uh, I was looking at a literature table, and then he goes, oh, that's a good book. I was looking at the Brown Book of OA, and uh, I go, yeah, I go, I don't, you know, I just don't have the money for it, and, uh, you know, maybe later, I told him, and so I walked out, it was the end of the meeting, and he comes chasing me, you know, after, you know, like I'd already gotten almost to my car, he goes, hey, hey, man, uh, introduce himself, he goes, here, I got this for you, hope you pay for it. And he said, and um, and I said, and I said, thank you, and uh, and that like really touched me, you know what I mean? And and I and uh, it was my first time I'd moved to La Habra. I was new, um, you know. I could tell you a bunch of little times. I won't go into every detail, but there had been times like that where I was willing to kind of accept help and ask for help. And like one guy had, I was on the side of the road, and one guy come my motor, with my motorcycle, and it was. I forgot what it was, if I had a flat or something. He's like, you want me to throw it in the back of your tr my truck? And, like, he did it, and he didn't ask for any money. I, I gave him the money. I was waiting for a tow truck, but the tow truck wouldn't come because, like, they were asking for, like, $49, and I had $45, and they just wouldn't. They just they weren't going to budge on that last four bucks. And this guy did it, and I eventually wound up giving him the money. Anyways, it was, time, it was things like that, like, that started giving me hope. Like, hey, like, life's not so bad, you know, like... But and, and here's the thing though that I've come to to know at least from my my experience, just my perspective, that you know the world hasn't changed at all. You know, it's the same way people were offering me love and help, and there's opportunities and there's great community. I mean, and sometimes to, you know it doesn't seem that way. I read the news a lot, and but um, but the, and there's there's things that work and there's people who love each other and take and, and just do stuff for service you know and that's that's a new motivation that I found in a way is just to get up you know wake up uh, feel love and service have some fun and then go home and go to sleep like that's my mantra today you know I try to keep it simple and and that even like today hey this is a big meeting and um, I don't know a lot of people here, and uh, that kind of that kind of reminds me. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna be of love and service, and I'm gonna go home, and I'm gonna go to sleep. Like like it it puts things in perspective, you know? Because I like to make 
mountains out of molehills all the time. Um, so what else can I tell you? Let me, let me do a real quick time check here. Oh, I didn't ever even start my timer, so. <laughs> okay, all right. So, um, so I got till 6.20? Just to speak, or? Okay, oh, total time. So maybe I should end at 6.10 and have 10 minutes, so, okay. Okay, thank you. All right, and um, so, so I'll tell you what my what 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 happened. You know, I came in. I started having a much better relationship with you know with everybody, right? With my emplo uh, my employees. I'm sure they appreciated my daughter. Um, the one thing plenty of my daughter said, because you know after like a year, year and a half, I'm like, hey, do you notice any difference about me? Like you know, like you know, it's kind of I was pr I was enjoying recovery. And she goes, yeah, you don't steal my food anymore. And I go, okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough, I'll take that, you know. But it hasn't been this, like, magical, like, oh, Dad, you're just so wonderful now. Like, I can't believe, I can't believe it. Like, what happened to you? Like, you're so different. Um, but, uh, but, you, but you know what happened is I did have have uh, start having like better relationship with everybody you know started doing the serenity saying the serenity prayer tons of times going to as many meetings as I could sometimes uh, you know seven eight nine meetings a couple especially on the weekends I would just like I would travel everywhere I used to come over here meetings in Santa Monica and the uh, the Sunday um, the Sunday morning meeting I know there's a name for it but I'm not serenity, serenity Sunday yeah and and then I heard Oh, you got to have five years to share. I'm like, wow, five years. That's like, hmm. Uh, that's like, that would be awesome, you know, if I ever got to the five year point. At the same time, I recognized early on that I don't want like time, like, like what, 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 a couple of things I learned or I was taught is, uh, well, first of all, most importantly, don't claim credit for my power's work in my life. Like, that was like number one. Number two, we don't have a monopoly, you know, like the big book says, or some other, somebody who I know or I love or I care about, you know, wants to do it differently, and they, they're welcome to their own journey like I am, you know. Um, and then the other thing I learned, there was something else that I learned. There's got to be three things I've learned in OA. <laughs> Let's see. Well, maybe I'll come back to it. But, um... What I'll say is um, what's happened to me. Yeah, so what's happened to me? I started building a relationship with the God of my own understanding. You know, it happened in the shower one day. I was just, you know, taking a shower. After two or three months of being in program, oh, I know what it was. I'll come back to that other thing. But two, two or three months in program, you know, having better relationship with my family with my friends things are going good my finances are starting to clear because I'm, I'm I have a food plan I'm eating a set food plan you know uh, and um, and um, and then I'm wondering there as I'm taking a shower I wonder when like I'll build a relationship with the higher power I wonder when my higher power will start by taking care of me and shit. meanwhile I'm in the shower you know and then I remember that that uh, I always say this I always I remember that, that there's a 
a little story. Hey, there's one set of footprints in the sand, and then the guy goes, hey, he's walking with either God or Jesus, and he, and he says, well, look, you know, I see, what are these footprints? Oh, that's you, and then the second set is me, and then it's like, oh, well, I noticed that um, during the most difficult times, there's only one set, and you, you left me. He goes, no, I didn't leave you, I carried you. You know, and that's how, you know, it's supposed to be nice and emotional and made poignant. But I remembered it while I was taking that shower. I remembered that, but I remembered my higher power saying, that's when I carried your dumb ass. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, that's how my relationship started, you know? Like, like you know, like that was, but that was a good start because I could relate to that, you know? I could relate to that. Oh, you mean my life's all getting better? And uh, and I'm wondering where when you're gonna come in and, and help me out a little bit. So um, so what else? What else? Um, yeah. So I started. Oh, the one thing I was gonna share is is that I I felt like as good as everything was going, I was not used to peace. I was not used to serenity. My life had been chaos from the start. And so it took a long time to get used to that quietness, that peace, you know, and to, and to feel like I, a train wasn't going to just all of a sudden bust in through my apartment, you know, walls one day. Like, I was sure the shoe was going to drop. Yeah, this is all good, but this is going to end. You know what I mean? Like, there's like, I can't trust this, you know. I was learning, I was in the early stages of learning to trust, uh, which is the key. There's... There's no getting around, at least for me, there's no getting around uh, trusting in this program. Like, that's a mandatory thing. And I don't, I'm not sure if it even gets easier to talk. I think it does, because I can point to stuff that I trusted in. But it's it's one of those things, like, exercise uh, may, never really gets, it's just still that, like, hump. You know what I mean? It's still that hump, that trust is still something I need to consciously do, you know, give. I need to give my heart power that trust and and. and relieve myself of that burden, whatever that is. Um, so so that was a big lesson, is learning how to trust and um, and learning that. And then my, and then my uh, I was going to say my higher power, my sponsor told me one time, he kind of put it back to me, because I told him how I was feeling. I'm like, you know, everything's going pretty fantastic, but I feel uneasy. Like, I feel uneasy. And he goes, and he said something to the extent of, like, well, like, like, how much of that do you own? You know, like, not, I mean, I don't know if he said it that direct, but basically, from what I understood, his message to me was like, hey, uh, uh, I think he might have brought up, like, let's not manufacture our own misery, you know, part of the big book, you know? Or he reminded me of that, like, hey, you know what? You're in program. Life should be getting better for you, you know? You know, you got a food plan, you got a sponsor, you know, you're following direction. You know, you're working the tools, you're working the steps. Um, I, I'd be surprised if it wasn't getting better for you. So, you know, so, 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 like, leave it alone. Like, ex- I accept good things in your life. And that's kind of been a mantra for me, too, you know. My job today, my job today is just to practice self-care. That's it. Practice self-care. Because... As far as being of service at work or in interpersonal relationships or in in whatever type of environment, it'll be easy for me to see what, I mean, somebody will ask me to do something, you know, somebody will ask me to go somewhere to help them out or do something. So that's not a problem. Uh, Will I be ready? So that's why I try to take care of myself, get enough sleep, 
Um, I like to run my life like on a 24-hour circle cycle. So I always, I don't really like staying up late. I get up super early because I know that tomorrow, like, you know, I need to do it again. You know, there was, I, it used to be a cycle of me trying to get more out of life than there is, you know, and I heard a speaker that I love say, hey, the only thing you can do with life is live it. Like, you know, you're not, there's nothing to win, there's nothing to prove, and you're not going anywhere. And to my disease, you know, that that's like eating dirt to my disease, you know, because my disease, what do you mean? I need to get that to that place, whatever that is, that go away, that accomplishment, that, that, that marker in my life, have that, you know what I mean? So, so in short, you know, I had to learn new motivation because I couldn't operate on that double-edged sword of if I've got something, I'm happy. Well, I think I'm going to be happy, so I'm not happy. Thank you. And then if I don't have it, I'm worried because, well, if I don't have it, I, I'm upset because I don't have it. And if I have it, I'm worried that I'm going to lose it, you know, that whole thing. So um, what else can I share with you? You know, it's all about love. It's accepting love, accepting good things in my life. Great, I mean, good is, wait, great is the enemy of good. It used to be the other way around. Good, I used to say, no, it's not good enough. Because if I, if I settle in, then I'm going to not get great. You know what, good is always good. And, and, you know, maybe someday I'll be accepting great in my life all the time. I don't know, but for today, it's good, it's love, uh, and I just get... You know what? Keep keep it coming, and it hurts. As a compulsive overeater, as an addict, I don't know. It's taken me. I've been in nine years abstinent. I still struggle doing the you know taking it easy, accepting the good. You know, make that you know making a simple plan, not this complex plan. I still love my you know, my disease. Still love its complex plans. Okay, so I got ten minutes. I think I'm gonna end there. I love you guys. Thank you for asking me to share. Okay, question time? Yes. What was the third thing? You said there were three things you learned in OA. The question, the question was, <laughs> what, what was the third thing? There were three things I learned in OA. So there has been a lot more things that I learned. And I think the first one was, you know, don't take credit for um, God's work in my life. Um, the second thing was, uh, I can't even remember the second thing you're asking for the third. No, I'm sorry. I think it must, I'm hoping I shared on it. So, although I may not have called it out, but I think I, I think I shared on it. Maybe I'll remember and I'll come back to that. Sorry. Okay. Yes. So, uh, the question is, what is my experience with step three and do I find myself... Uh, uh, slipping back into self-will. So I'll start with, I'll I'll go in order. My experience with step three is I've taken step three a lot of times and that's one of the, it's almost like step one, I have to continually do it, you know? And and the big book talks about it, hey, it's like a little, it's a door and I can easily open it with just a little grain of willingness and it can easily, I can easily shut it too. So I have to continually be, be like open to surrendering. So, and what my experience was, so I took it a lot of times. I think the closest, I mean, like I felt step three is, uh, is um, I was um, take I was uh, dr- uh, taking a bus because my car 
uh, hacked, didn't have registration, and I was following rules at this point. I was in recovery, and um, and I just it was just one morning where I felt like a tectonic shift, like like I was you know willing. I was at the point where I was willing to turn my will and my life over to a God of my own understanding, and just what what that's meant for me is uh, I say that like I know what I'm going to say right after that sentence. What what that's meant? I'm just hoping God gives me the the, the words right after that. Um, no, but what that? But I keep slipping. I think what I do today, I'll tell you of an exercise I just started two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. I listen to jazz in the morning, and when I listen to jazz, I I try not to think on my own. Like normally, I'm I'm reading news, uh, I'm uh, watching YouTube videos, I'm trying to educate, I'm thinking, you know. And when I'm listening to jazz. I put everything away and I just listen to jazz and I go to work for, and I don't look at my phone and I just go to work and I listen to jazz and I try not to think of anything because I know that God's got the better plan. Like that's kind of that's kind of how I practice step three is you know what my power has the better plan. I can work and think and plan and do Excel spreadsheets, but you know what He's got the better plan. So let me. Listen to some jazz first thing in the morning. Try not to think and just be open to some med- I think I'm doing more meditation, more listening. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how I do it. Yes. I heard you share before um, that you used to keep score a lot and you finally put away your control. Um, how did you make that shift? That? So the, the question is that... Um, that on a previous share that I shared that I used to keep score a lot and then I put away my pencil. <laughs> that kind of sounds wrong, but... Um, well, I think... I mean, I think I might have been referring to... Um, uh, you know, I'm a judgmental person. You know I mean? Just by nature, my disease just is that is that judgment. And part of what drove my resentments was doing that. If I, I, I'm thinking that's what I was talking about, keeping score on other people. And uh, today, I'm just... It's heartbreaking, but the world doesn't operate the way I think it should. So people that are in customer service positions, they don't always give a... But I, I don't know... I know my higher power has got a plan. I just don't know what it is, and I just try to do that to kind of, uh, to, so that I can get through, so I can get past that, because it's not helpful to get stuck on why is this person driving this way, we know why is this person not doing their job, I'm a manager, so things that go wrong, I'm a good per- process person, hey, I can go in, I can, I can revamp some process, I can get them running smooth, but that means I get to notice everything that's going wrong, like I could see something going wrong a mile away, like I don't even want to look at it, and it's just glaring at me. And so, um, so I have to counter that all the time with like, that's not my business, or this is my business, and and uh, and keeping score was what is one of them. It's one of the things that drove uh, a thirty-year resentment with my with my sister, you know, who I don't have that anymore, who I've been able to make amends. Who for for what did I keep a thirty-year-old grudge for, you know? So I mean, that's kind of like a big example of what keeping score can lead to for, for me and I have to you know I have to remind myself uh, not to do that today not helpful not helpful anything yes so my sponsor was a good uh, I'm sorry the question was how do I handle social situations in terms of 
of, in terms of food, you know, what do I do to handle? Okay, so a couple of things. Uh, one thing is I had to stay away from, I, my, one of the other things that I learned in program was like, I don't have to be the hero today, you know, because I always like, you know, I always felt like, hey, I got to go, you know, perform. I got to, you know, what, it's hard, but I got to like show up. My, you know, now when I'm thinking recovery, I'm thinking I'm in slippers, in a bathrobe, you know, with a thermometer in my mouth, and, and, and I'm just trying to get through the day, you know, like, versus trying to be a hero. So in terms of social situations, I didn't go to uh, family functions probably for like the first six months because I knew they were going to be tricky, no one was going to understand. Very few people still understand. I, now I tell them I do. I have a food plan for health reasons, and then everybody pretty much stops offering me until the next time they see me, and then they try to kill me again. Uh, and sometimes I make a joke, you know, like I'm allergic. Like you're allergic? I go, yeah. You know, if I eat that, I'll blow up to 300 pounds. Like you know, but but um, but that's what happened. And I almost got into a fight with my, with one of my brothers on a Thanksgiving because I had to go get my food when everybody was eating you know, the, the Thanksgiving stuff, and, and, uh, and I know that people have their own reactions with food, like, that's something that I learned early on, like, hey, this is, like, their reaction is not about me, you know, uh, and then my sponsor did a really, um, gave me a really good example, we used to go to this one special, special restaurant, he would come all the time, and we would order, but then one time he shows up, and we order, and he's at, he's at the table already, and he busts out his china and his plate and his forks and his cup and he's pouring drink and he's and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, aren't you embarrassed? Like, you're at a restaurant, you're just busting out, you know, your own food and it's all warm and it's tasty and he's loving it. And I'm like, you know, but that reminded me, like, okay, like I don't have to be embarrassed. Like, I'm doing the number one thing for myself, which is taking care of myself. So, so I try to remember to take care of myself and don't be a hero. So yeah, so I so I take my own food sometimes. I'll eat beforehand, uh, not not after, because that's dangerous for me. And sometimes I'll leave or make an outreach call if I get into a tight situation. Yes. Oh. One minute. Can you tell us real quick about your absence and your plan of eating it has changed. Uh, do really quickly. My abstinence is uh, is uh, no compulsive overeating and no uh, sugar or white flour. And it's changed because it used to be a set food plan for the first two or three years, and now I could eat whatever I want as long as I don't eat flour or sugar. And but it's it's just evolved and it's tricky. And I gotta connect with my sponsor. And uh, and at first I just went back to this, eating the same thing every day because I. I, it, it tripped me out to walk through the food aisles and to have all that open to me again. So very careful, very carefully. <laughs>